0: Book of James is where we're at, chapter five today. Getting close to the end of the, of the letter. As we recall, James wrote this letter to the uh, to the Messianic Jews, the Jews that had claimed the name of Jesus. Uh, they were dispersed and scattered because of persecution, so they were not all together. Even though I do believe that they were they were kind of grouped together in certain areas, and I believe James this letter was even given to the church. I believe that James pastored in Jerusalem as well. Some similarities uh, to Paul simply in that it's a letter to churches and Christians, but a lot of differences to, to Paul because he highlights some different things than Paul highlights. Paul highlights a lot of the theological side of grace in his writings, book of Romans, the book of Galatians, and others. And then we have the book of James that kind of gives us the opposite side of that coin and that is a true work of grace inside of our hearts is going to produce a true work of works outside. And so what happens on the inside Uh, should come out on the outside. So that's kind of the theme, uh, living a a mature, a real, authentic Christian life. Today we're going to be in a passage of scripture um, in verses 13, 14, and 15 in chapter 5, simply titled today, The God Who Heals. The God Who Heals. If you're watching online, if you're here, I want you to understand that um I'm always on a journey as a as a pastor as a Christian, as a believer um I never want to stop being on a journey by the way I never want to be that guy that says, okay, I've arrived here and I I'm not there's nothing more for me to learn I know some people like that that stay behind pulpits every Sunday and it kind of makes me sick right so I will say that this text and this passage has been a burdensome passage to me. Um, I will say that what I'm going how we're going to preach this today and how we're going to walk through this today is not uh, probably the way if you grew up in a very very conservative environment, probably not the way that maybe you walk through this. but I want us to read today this text. I want us to open up our ears and most importantly open up our hearts. To what James was communicating, obviously, through the through the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit this morning. James chapter 5 and verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Pretty clear. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. And boy, we missed him today. Brent's voice is messed up. Tim's gone. Aaron's gone. What's up? I don't even get it. Thank you to people that kind of stood around me this morning. Didn't let me fall. I realized that my lyrics are on that uh, that uh, camera or this phone right here, this doing the live stream. So I'm like, Bram, bro, we've got all these lyrics up here beside me. I picked the three word or two of the three wordiest songs that we have. But is any among you cheerful? Let him sing praise. And by the way, if there's one thing I missed about being away. From physical gatherings as a church. It was, is any among you cheerful? Let him sing praise. I love it. I I actually love it. I'm sorry instrumentalists. I really love it when all the instrumentalists back out and we finish a song out or we sing a, a part of the song and we can just hear everyone's voices. I love hearing people sing. Um, if any of you are cheerful, let him sing praise. Look, look at verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. The God who heals. I have to say that, being very transparent with you this morning, that I've spent the majority of my life as a follower of Jesus... Reading verses of scripture like this and saying, Oh, yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean, God can, yeah, God can heal. Why can't He? Sure, why not? I've often prayed prayers like this. God, I, and I don't say it verbally, but in my heart, this is the way my prayers went. God, I know you're probably not going to, but I'm going to pray for this healing for so and so. But, God, since you're probably not going to do it, thy will be done, and I'm very spiritual about that part, right? I have to say thy in the King James, right? Thy will be done, dear Father, as you do not heal this person that I just prayed for because they asked me to. Now, I obviously didn't verbalize those things. But in my heart, it was always, sure, God can heal. Yeah, I heard the stories from back when when he miraculously healed someone. Yeah, you know, I heard yeah, you know what? That one time the guy that was on the as a missionary in South America told me about that one time and when he was on the mission field and in, in, there was a there was a situation. I remember that one time. And I'll be honest with you, I kind of <clears throat> came to the point in my Christian life where I had to ask myself a question. Either I believe that God is all powerful, or I don't. Either I believe that God can do whatever He pleases, whenever He pleases, to whomever He pleases, or He can't. Now, this morning we must be careful because we understand that there are many people making millions of dollars healing. We must understand that people are making the money, and people are healing. Uh, The most famous one that you probably would know, and he's turned into uh, a gif and a meme and stuff a lot, is Benny Hinn. Um, If you'd like to take a deeper dive um, into... What's called the prosperity gospel, oftentimes comes along with this healing. Benny Hinn's nephew, his name is Costi Hinn, wrote a book. I'm trying to locate the name in my head right now, but it's on the prosperity gospel. He worked for his uncle. He was a catcher. Y'all know what a catcher is in the healing world. So when you get slain, or you know, the holy lightning bolt comes, you gotta fall. Or it didn't really work, but you can't just let people fall. You got to have catchers. So Costi was a catcher, um, and he talks and talks a lot about. So not to be confused with that, man cannot heal. Period. But God can heal. And in our in our dogmatism about man cannot heal i fear that we've crossed over into thinking well then god probably doesn't want to heal and i believe that's a dangerous place to be this morning let's look at the text look at verse 13 let's begin number one this morning with the consistent focus on the healer the consistent focus On the healer, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. What is the common denominator there? Hey, when times are tough, suffering, pray to Jesus. Pray to God. Pray to your heavenly Father. When times are going good, cheerful, let him sing praise to Jesus, to God, to your heavenly Father, to your Creator. There's a common denominator, and this verse is basically saying, in the good times... And in the bad times, it should always be about Jesus. During the good times, praise. During the struggles, pray. But it's always about Jesus. And as we are thinking through the subject of healing, James sets up the next verse by this verse, saying, whatever happens, let's remember, it's all about Him. Hey, if things aren't going well, we pray to Him. If things are going well, we praise Him. It is not of us. It is not of any one of us. It is not of any man of God. I, I, I actually loathe that terminology. It's only found in the Old Testament, by the way. But, but I, 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 any, any spiritual leader, any person that would place themselves on some sort of spiritual pedestal, no, it's not of any one of those people. It is always on God. It is always on the healer. Both cheerful and suffering are focused on the healer. Jesus is the answer. This isn't the crux of the message today, but can I say this? If you're suffering this morning, pray. Prayer should be our first action it should be the first thing that we do it should not be hey brother when all else fails pray no before all else fails pray there's there's levels of suffering there's physical suffering that people go through and have have gone through there's emotional suffering that people go through there's spiritual suffering that people go to, go through. And may I say to you this morning that when you're going through those times of suffering, whatever they may be, may your focus be drawn to Jesus. To Jesus. And, but can I also say this morning when we have those victories in life and we have those times where we're rejoicing, when we're cheerful, when, when God has seemingly brought some blessing and favor into our lives, may we not neglect and forget to praise Him. I know many people, and I know there's been times in my life where I'm I'm quicker to pray and then I'm a little more hesitant to give the credit and praise when He comes through. And so the focus should be on Jesus this morning. And by the way, that's a good mantra to have in your life. That's a good mantra to have in our church. That's a good mantra to have in your family. The consistent focus on the healer this morning. But secondly, I want us to see the crux, really, of this text. The spiritual intercession to the healer. The spiritual intercession to the healer. Verse 14 simply says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, this is not the last time that James is going to say to someone, you need, other, you need other people in your life to pray for you. He's going to say it in some following verses between now and the end of the book as well. And we're going we're gonna to get there. I'm not gonna, I don't want to preach that message this week. However, what James is saying here, and what he is showing here, and, and, and what this, uh, this is a, a beautiful and wonderful expression of, is the structure that should be in place around you and in your life called the local church. I I vowed that I'm not going to mention these, these things often, but uh, within the last month, we have adopted church bylaws and constitution. Lord, may the Lord be praised. You say, why do we have to do those things? Uh, yeah, sure, there's some legalities. Sure, there's some... But at the end of the day, it's to further organize and legitimize and create a structure called the local church so that we can do things like what we're commanded to do here in the book of James. We create those leadership structures and we create those checks and balances within our church because we feel that people should be a part of a local New Testament church and we believe that there's structures in place that are that are there to intercede in prayer, that are there to love that are there to bless. Yeah, that are there to make some decisions. This is part of the structure of the church. If those within the church are to call for the elders of the church, number one, if you say, hey, why do we have an elder-led model? All right. Um, Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. That's one reason. That's one reason why. Um, and by the way, it's elders. You say, why do we have a plurality of leaders? Why isn't it just the pastor as a dictator in this church? Don't you love that? No, it's because it's plural. And it's because I believe it's biblical. But this means that the leaders, the elders in the church, should be people of prayer, they should be people of holiness. They should be people with spiritual discernment. They should be people that spend time with Jesus. They should be people that love the Lord. They should be people that other people are comfortable coming to and saying, listen, would you pray over me? The leadership in a church, and this is why I take it seriously, why Jeff takes it seriously and others, the the the, the, the seriousness is in leading spiritually, we are to exemplify lives that would cause someone to say, "Hey, I am struggling here, or I'm sick here, or whatever it may be. Hey, can I get the leaders of the church to pray over me?" I don't take that lightly. We've done a lot of that in the two years and nine months that our church has been in existence. In fact, y'all weren't uh, y'all don't even know this. Me and Jeff uh, did one long distance through a uh, through a door during COVID with Joyce Melzer. And we've prayed over people since we began our church. However, as a spiritual leader within a church, we must understand that this has not put us on a pedestal. This does not make us any better. Uh, However, it does mean that we should continue to take our roles in, in the church very seriously and that we would maintain a spiritual walk with God that would warrant someone asking us to pray over them. It's a challenge to me this morning. A challenge to me. But I believe it's very clear once again if we just read the Bible and we don't come to the Bible with a presupposition we don't come to the Bible with a filter already built up. If we come to the Bible and we let it speak for itself It is clear, I believe in verse 14, that James believes in healing. James believes that if anyone is sick among you, bring him to the elders of the church and let them pray over him. And the prayer of faith will save the one who's sick. I believe James believes it. I believe James uh, believes, and he actually commanded the sick to seek out prayer for healing. To seek out prayer for healing. And my question this morning is, do we believe? Do we truly believe that we serve a God who can heal? I answer that with a resounding yes. Now, what we must understand is that ultimate healing will never come on this side of eternity. And we must understand this. Ultimate healing will never come this side of eternity because if ultimate healing happened on this side of eternity, then why would anyone die? Your mom prayed for your stepdad, Kevin. Right? And God took him. We must understand what healing is and what it is not. Now, can God physically heal in the present, right here, right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. If God heals you physically right now, though, is that ultimate healing? No. Because ultimate healing does not come until we're in His presence with a glorified body, worshiping at His feet. So we must understand that. But that does not mean that we should not pray in faith. That does not mean that we should not believe that God can and will heal anytime He wants to, at any moment. Lastly, and very, very importantly, we've hit on it, but I want to... I Touch on it closely. Look at verse 15. Thirdly, the credit due to the healer. The credit due to the healer. Verse 15 the prayer of faith will save the one who's sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven by the Lord. By the Lord. I mentioned that we must be careful. We must be careful that that we do not ascribe any sort of uh, credit or we do not ascribe any sort of praise uh, towards anyone who would ever claim to heal. But I know of people that have gone in and had a diagnosis of one thing and went back for a follow-up a week later and the doctor goes, I got no words. I know there have been people that have been given three months to live that are 30 years removed from that. I do know God heals. I do know He heals. I know there are people terminally ill who God has raised up. You say, was it some spooky prayer and, and 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 smack to the head with a catcher. Make sure you always, if you're trying to heal people, make sure you always have a catcher, right? You're gonna hurt them worse. Is it that? No. The Lord will raise him up, and the Lord will forgive him. We serve a God, I believe, 110 percent. This morning, who is committed to both our physical and our emotional and our spiritual healing? Is healing not just another word for restoration? Is healing not just another word for redemption? Is that not what the entire Bible is? A story of healing? Is that not what Genesis 1 to Revelation 21 is? A story of those in need of healing spiritual healing, physical healing, and watching Jesus unfold that story before our eyes. It's called the gospel. It's a story of healing. It's a story of healing. We must understand this morning that it is all of the Lord who does the healing. And it is all of the Lord who raises people But I believe in healing. And maybe where I take it a step further than what I used to is I believe in, in praying aggressively and specifically for healing. I believe that when I pray for healing, that I do not I do not go into that prayer with my doubts leading the way. As the book of James instructs us. We always pray with if the Lord wills as our filter. And I will pray with if the Lord wills as our filter. But from that moment forward, I commit to you as the leader of your church that I will pray hard, aggressive, straightforward, faith-filled prayers to God for healing on your behalf and on behalf of anyone that you bring towards us. Why? Because I believe for the first 30-plus years of my life, I did not do that. I believe the first thirty years of my life, I would go to the uh, to the hospital bed of someone that was sick and 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 looks like that things weren't going well, and I would basically pray for, dear Lord, we just pray for peace and comforts, as the end is already. And certainly, that was God's will for most people, right? We're all going to leave this earth at some point. However, I believe that the most powerful thing that we have in our hands this side of heaven is prayer It moves the heart of God and I believe this morning that we need to commit to aggressive specific prayer I believe in the power of healing I believe in a God who heals I believe in a God who heals in a variety of ways. Sometimes, I mean, I guess, unfortunately for us, if we want to be selfish, sometimes he chooses to heal by ultimately healing them, by taking them to be with himself. And all of us have family members and loved ones and people that we know who he has done that. And by the way, if we can take a step back, that is the best healing. It's the best healing. Imagine a world my wife and I were talking, show I'm you care if I tell about our age. Showing our age. We're at the point in our life where it's like, you know how when you're younger you're like, okay, I don't want the Lord to come back yet because I want these certain things. I want to be able to, you know. Nah, I'm good. Come back right now. Ultimate he come back like ten seconds from now, I'd be good to go. Like, let's make this do this. I know you're about to get married, Lord, I'm sorry. But I'm just, I'm just telling you where I'm at. Until after March 20th. <laughs> See we're in different life stages. But that's ultimate healing, guys. And I think if you've gotten there in your life yet, listen, that's ultimate healing. That's what we all want. And so if we can come to it with a perspective of the best healing is ultimate healing, but God, I I would love to see some temporary healing. God, I'd love to see Carson throw that thing in the daggone Atlantic Ocean and never have to mess with it again. I I would absolutely love for Dawn Zwett to wake up tomorrow morning and her full cognitive skills be back to where it was five years ago, and for that to be completely wiped out. I would absolutely love, Sherry, for your back to not give you any more problems. And you say, well, it's just a back. No, no, it's a debilitating thing. I would love for whatever the physical ailments that we have. I would love for those things to happen. And I want to pray to that end. But understanding in the filter of ultimate healing is to be with Him to be with Him. And if He never heals us temporarily, if He never heals us temporarily, we will be. Notice, I love the mixture in verse 15. This is how we'll close. I love the fact that James speaks of physical and spiritual healing kind of as a, a rope that's twined together. The prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, He will be forgiven. James intertwines the physical and the spiritual. And may I say this? This is a side point. You cannot find a story of Jesus in the Scriptures healing physically and not healing spiritually. He always concluded his physical healing with spiritual healing. Honestly, I should have probably taken off a bit off two or three, two or three more verses today. Number one, I knew it was gonna be hot. Praise Jesus for these fans. Number two, I wanted to focus on this. You say, Josh, are you are you turned into like one of them spooky dudes. Nah, I do want to turn into a guy who's in tune with the Holy Spirit. I do want to turn into a guy who believes that God wants to do some incredible things. I do want to make sure that I understand that the Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And I believe a portion of that is believing in a God who heals. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, We would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media ministry and outreach ministry of Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and all around the world. Visit keystonerdu.church to get involved.